Welcome to History 21, the podcast, a production of the Anoka County Historical Society, sharing the stories and audio journeys from our county's past and present. Hey, Sarah, how you doing? Hello, Rebecca. We're actually recording in the same space. I can see you with more than just your head and you've got, I can see what shoes you're wearing now. I got legs. <laughs> so we had a busy weekend. We did have a busy weekend. It was River Fest, and we did things here. We have a sneak peek of the federal exhibit in the exhibit hall. We're prepping for the 100th anniversary next year, but we couldn't wait and we, we spoiled it a little bit with some fun things. And we had a yard sale, which went extremely well. So thank you to everyone who stopped in to find their next treasure. We actually raised over $3,000 for the collection. And we celebrated with fudgesicles throughout the day. Can you take a break now? Are we, we done for a little while? You have time for a breather? Uh, no. Mm -mm. With events... Back on, that means we are go, 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 because next week we are at the Anoka County Fair. So anybody listening to this, if you want to help out, get in touch right now. And then right after that, we're, we can be found at the Now Then Threshing Show. When you're out and about there, come and drop in and say hi. And in and amongst all of that, Rebecca, you took time to sit down with new humans for our next podcast. I did. One of the things Anoka is known for throughout the state is the lovely Main Street and surrounding historic district. The homes and shops that make up the city have a distinct character that draw visitors in not only to see the physical structure, but also experience a little emotional romance with the past. While on Facebook one day, I came across a post made by Dylan and Kristen Cords. Here they talked about remodeling their home across from the Mad Hatter. Having already lived in the house for seven years, they were established in the neighborhood, but felt they had a lot to learn about the people who owned their home before them. We chatted for several weeks, cooking up the idea that the Historical Society could follow their journey as homeowners remodeling a 150-year-old home. So this podcast is the first installment of the project, which will come to include a display in the museum of cool things they found in the walls, videos of their work and their home, as well as an online exhibit of pictures on our website. We hope by following Dylan and Kristen's experience, you'll learn a few tips of remodeling your own home, appreciate the dedication it takes to help keep these beautiful structures alive, and think about how the History Center could preserve your story for future generations. We got plans. So many plans. Because <laughs> we can't just do one thing. We got to do all the things. Because it's so much fun. It is. For all of those who love old houses dream of them, or are in your own. Here's Dylan and Kristen. Have you guys always had an interest in old homes, or is this a new passion project that you've recently developed? I think we both have had interest in old homes this entire time, even before we met each other. Um, we did go on a little journey looking for a new home with character still in it and had a hard time finding anything that hadn't been pretty much gutted and renovated, you know, in the 70s or 80s. Yeah, just needed 
an old house with good bones that was worth the trouble, really, you know, it still had all the special things. So you just could add to it. But I think we both loved old things. And that's part of probably what drew us to each other a little bit when we met too. I just, I, I grew up going to my family's farm and, you know, all things old. And so I just think that gets instilled in you kind of too, where you just look for something that, I guess I wasn't um, connected to my very first house. You think you build it, oh, I'll just live here a while, da da da. But then I always thought to myself, I've always loved old things. I love log homes, I love old homes, I love farmhouses, anything that has a history and character. So then, you know, I, I thought I wanted to take that on, creative person. So why not? Too much HGTV. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> And it. now she is full of regrets. <laughs> right? Like, why did I do this again? I guess maybe we're both drawn to old things as well because the history. The history of it. And it's and people don't do anything like that anymore unless you have an umpteen, you know, amount of money to really spill at something. Yeah, really. It's easier to build tear tear down old and build new than it is to try to you know, yeah, renovated an old house. They kind of, you know, <laughs> with remodeling, the trick is you're essentially building a new house with an old house in the way. It's, you know, we we do care a lot about this house, you know, and and part of one of our driving forces is that we're sitting right on Ferry Street, one of the first things you see when you enter Anoka. And, yeah, it's almost like we feel this pressure that we have to do an extra good job because we are like a poster child for people driving through the city that, hey, look at our old house and we care and isn't it beautiful? Like, you should care too. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to the beautiful Woodbury house across the street right. from us, but we want to win. We're going to win. <laughs> the one that people remember. Oh, yeah. A little trash talk with Liz yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> you see that pool house across the street when I'm leaving for my delicious meal? <laughs> <laughs> that too. We frequently see people pointing over at our house when yeah. they're leaving the tea tea room over across the street. And you just gotta wonder, man, I hope they're saying nice things. And well, and let's be fair here. You guys have some really specialized skills that makes this a little bit more practical for you than, say, the likes of myself here. Sure. Being a creative person in general, you always look for a little bit of a challenge or something that, I don't know, instills some passion and I don't know what the right word would be, just... A little bit of a challenge is not exactly the right way to put it. (laughs) A huge challenge. I think we downplay everything that we do. We're like, oh, it's just, you know, it's going to take a couple days. It's no big deal. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. This is taking forever. Thousands of dollars. It, yeah, it does help. You know, I have a background in tile and stone and then a background in carpentry. Now I'm a carpenter. So that definitely helps. It makes it easier on the, the pocketbook to be able to do a lot of it yourself. But we do have a really good support system with our parents you know her dad especially has done a lot of work which 
it's always been really important to me seeing, you know, having him do the work with us and participate for our kids to see that. And, you know, as they get older, they can remember, hey, you know, grandpa built this. Or mom, sure. grandpa built that and put that together. And I remember that one time grandpa and dad were yelling at each other over this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. But, you know, it's, that's part of the process for us is the memories and the memories our kids are hopefully going to hang on to about how hard we've worked to bring this old beautiful house back to life. You know, this was a duplex. So when we started out, we hoped someday that we could have it be our whole house. And we saw the potential in that when we bought it, that it could be opened up. Yeah, and if, so if the right amount of money and time was on it. Yeah, so for the first four years that we owned it, we rented out the main level. We did that with the idea that someday our, our we would have this first floor to ourselves and do a grand big kitchen. And so this kitchen is our first major, major yeah. renovation on the house. It's and, you know it's going to be the heartbeat of the home, and we want it to. <laughs> to state, you know, that this is an old house and we want it to function modernly, but feel like it's supposed to be here and has been here. So you kind of have that beauty of something new and old put together. I think that's, they worked really hard on trying to make that work and function yeah. in the choices that I made. Right. For instance, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that, but so Kristen and her dad built that hutch that is beautiful you podcast people are going to have to check out the show notes (laughs) and see these photos so the uh the windows in the middle the pink windows are actually from an old house in minneapolis but everything else is new you know and yeah incorporating those things our vent hood over the stove is actually an old headboard and footboard that we just kind (laughs) of That was my other crazy idea. Like, to oh, that's awesome. So you did a lot of repurposing of things. So, yes, yeah, so trying. That's what I mean. Like uh, this whole thing is a brand new space, but I didn't want it to feel brand new. So it doesn't go with the rest of the house because we really want to try to keep, you know, the original things in here, which the other rooms, the trim, the floors, the, you know, you don't want to you go into some of those old houses that maybe in the eighties were remodeled and then it just looks like 1980s in one room, but then you got all these special little things in another. Yeah. Trying to keep the right character. When we're in the design phase, I'm, I feel like I'm scratching my head a lot. Like re- really? That, you think we'll be able to pull that off? You think that'll look good? And sure enough, it, it looks amazing. He's, he's learned to trust me. He can do it. I can see it. So we're the yin to the yang. Yeah, yeah. And that was actually kind of fun. You know, there was no middle person to have to go through. So communication was, it was a neat way of doing it. You know, like I have to go jump through hoops to figure out what the designer or architect was talking about or what their vision was at work sometimes where here I could just wake her up in the middle of the night. (laughs) What were you thinking? What did, 
How big do you want this? So but then three o'clock in the morning and you're talking about crown moldings. <laughs> but he can come to me with that too, because I might not always understand how everything's going to function and fit together. Somehow made it work. <laughs> Fumbling yeah, through. Fumbling through. I've never lived in a remodel, so I can't imagine raising children in a remodeled, uh, dare I say, disaster. It um, is a disaster. Yeah. It's, a, it's a wonderful, chaotic, maddening. Work in progress. But yet so rewarding in the end when you find, like, I remember when we got the kitchen done, we just sat here having a beer and we were just like so pleased with ourselves <laughs> and you still have so much to do, but it's just like, you had that one victory. So you're going to bask in it for a minute <laughs> and then you're going to keep going. <laughs> just enough pleasure for the pain, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, to keep you motivated. So while you were working on the project, you found a lot of interesting things um, in the walls and in floors too, or just ran, laid, laid around? How did this work? The, we found some in floors, um, upstairs in the attic. Most of what we found was on the main level here, there's a double-sided fireplace and they each had a mantle around them, a wood mantle. And one we thought was original. The other one we kind of questioned whether or not it was an original mantle. But so I took them both off because somebody had done some kind of coating over the old brick and I wanted to try to get it back to the original brick. And I took the, the one in the main dining room off first and there was just a cache of cool <laughs> stuff back there. And uh, I had to be really careful because our fireplace has, has been chopped off at the roof. There was a fire a few decades ago and they just demoed it. So they're not working fireplaces right now. So there's a lot of infill right now inside the fireplace. And so when I was trying to clean it up, I had to really kind of sift through everything to make sure I wasn't vacuuming up any old history. And I found like a really tiny, cool little, I, I would assume maybe pewter or something, soldier, you know, with a bayonet. And then what well, we found. The Indian head penny. Yeah, 1890s Indian head penny, which I, I Googled. And of course, the first thing that came up was something like $12,000 for one. <laughs> Or... And I thought, jackpot. And <laughs> There's the bedroom. And it's like a certain run was uh, misprinted or minted with too much copper or something. And so then I called a coin collector and he offered me, I think, 25 cents for it. Mm -hmm. So I said, So no. anywhere in the range of 25 cents yeah. to $12,000. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, I mean, like an old utility bill, like electricity bills, yeah. kind of crazy. Um, My favorite thing we found was this delicate little dress that was still intact a paper doll dress. Oh, and wow. it had a little copy, it has a copyright on the back of like 1890. I used to play with paper dolls when I was little, so I just thought that was kind of funny that yeah. I would somehow be, and that's the 
mystery too like how did it fall did somebody purposely do that or it had to have fallen behind there because like we even there was even pictures of maybe a family that lived here in the 80s like obviously (laughs) it's like did they take it off at one time and put their portrait in there or did it just fall behind you know a little nothing super old but just yeah there was a couple of black and white photos of an old gentleman that were very very old um and I have to go back. The, the thing that I thought was the coolest was a pamphlet and it's called Darkness and Light. And it kind of read as like you would have a, uh, a what do you call a program at a funeral. But, you know, back in the day, they would have had the visitation here in the house. Yeah. So, you know, was that like one of the first families here? Was that something that was here? Mm-hmm for the visitation yeah and like yeah that the telephone bill i think that you had alluded to earlier was from i think 1904 or something and it was three months past due for four dollars and 23 cents yeah, maybe I, we'd have to pull it out yeah. maybe not even might but, even be like a dollar 30 or something yeah. crazy like that. and then on the back he had it looked like he had written um his bills out what he was still owing and kind of had like yeah this is what i gotta pay and list on the back of it and that was pretty neat and a utility bill i think from 1890 so i don't know what utility anoka utility was back then but it was pretty neat oh yeah there also was a pencil what was the brand oh yeah and then you called it and they still are they still are in business right yeah in the cities yeah i actually called to see if the pencil company was still around and the guy who answered was like the company historian oh you got lucky like 50 (laughs) years and yeah we had a really cool discussion and it was it was pretty it turned into a discussion about old houses i pretty much you know had to explain why i'm calling and asking about a pencil (laughs) (laughs) you made his day i can guarantee it absolutely how does it feel to be holding those items? Crazy that they're so old, like that dress. And it's so, it's almost so perfect. I think the only thing wrong with it, it had like a little bend on the shoe. But I mean. It makes you think about the the little kid who had that. Yeah, and like that who's was playing their, with that? Probably their favorite thing and they had lost it. It fell behind the mantle. Maybe, you know. 80 years ago and it was preserved <laughs> accidentally and it's just it's neat it's I don't know it's well, hard to wrap your head around yeah and then working on the third floor those most recent things we found were just yeah sifting through the floorboards up there of just the soot around the fireplace mm-hmm. and I think my favorite, other than the porcelain doll legs literally like perfect it's like two inches long so that's neat and then the little tincture or I don't what you would call it like a a medicine bottle that you can literally see all the writing on still um and it said you had to add it to an inhaler to like make yourself feel better basically half a cup of water or half a cup of tea add to your inhaler and then someone had posted on that Anoka Facebook page about the Tickner drugstore and get your sample. So I commented on that. I'm like, oh my gosh, because we had just found that 
I was like, what if that's one of the sample bottles? Cause it's tiny. It's only like, you know, two inches high, I think, <laughs> you know, so, and it said, it said sick, no, it said 60 drops 60 to the half. Drops. So I was like, what you use this like two times and it'd be gone. <laughs> that's <laughs> super cool. But all the writing that. is still like preserved on that. And that was just in some gross soot in the, in the garbage of what's left of, yeah. of the treachery of that fire up there. So well, and hopefully <laughs> those items can come and yeah. stay at the museum for a little while, and yeah. people could yep. come see those, right? Yes, yes. absolutely. That'll be it. fun. Have you done any research on the family that owned the house? We are trying. We did way back when, but you know, we kind of with our busy lives and the kids and everything, it just never has been like a main priority to really. It's hard to know with the abstract we have. It's kind of confusing. We've, we've found some cool things. You know, there was a, a book that was written about the history of Anoka and Ramsey County mm -hmm. by Albert Goodrich. And mm -hmm. he in this house, he had, he was, he's on our abstract. Um, one guy, O'Gofflin has a bunch of patents, railroad patents and stuff out there. So you can see his signature on these patents and it's pretty, that's pretty neat. Uh, yeah. They get those printed off somehow and have them on our wall, you know, framed on our wall. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah. So we found a, a few things, but we're, you know, I'll, we'll just go for, a few days just kind of dive into it and obsessing over obsess it, over for a few days and then get distracted and, and, right so the biggest christmas present for me ever if anyone ever listens to this podcast of us if somebody has a picture of my house before the stucco is slapped on <laughs> that is our actual porch porch before we do the porch that's all that would be my biggest present in the world for a original picture of our house way back when because we have not been able to find one. yeah we're trying very hard and to come up with what we think the front porch would have originally looked yeah, like more victorian with spindles mm -hmm. and the whole deal like some of the houses down the street it would be a lot less pressure if we could just find a picture at some point somebody somebody made it a fortress instead of all the delicate things to be painted <laughs> All right, you hear that podcast world? Yes. Find a photo, <laughs> help us out. As the Halloween capital of the world, I am under contract to ask you oh, yeah. if you have had any funkiness going on in the house. There's, there's been a couple of things that are hard to explain, I guess, or just a little kind of give you goosebumps. You know, when our our middle daughter, Paisley, was, what, two, maybe? Yeah, starting to talk. Yeah, just starting to talk. Her big thing was she would say, okay, see you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> like at the top of the stairs, going yeah. from the second floor to the... And so she was starting to walk down the stairs, and Kristen told me this story. and You probably could tell it better, but she got down to the second landing, and turned around and looked up and said, okay, see you, bye, and <laughs> waved to somebody. 
and no so yeah like is there. she just being a little kid and being silly right. or is she seeing something that but when Kristen told me that it kind of gave me chills because there was a lot of times where I could hear her playing in her bedroom and it really sounded like she was having a conversation and you know I could just hear one side of it she's know? very imaginative but she does have a very big imagination and then there was one other time where we were getting ready to go camping I think oh yeah and Kristen was upstairs and I knew she was coming down and I was down out in the street and we have three kind of like a bay window set up on Rice Street here and I got the kids in the truck and I was outside of the truck and I I know I saw somebody walk by those three windows in kind of a gray shirt. So I said, oh, I see your mom's downstairs. I'm going to go help her with the rest of the bags. And I went inside and she wasn't here. And I went upstairs and I said, were you just downstairs? She, no. <laughs> like, I swear I saw somebody walk through the window. And so that was kind of like, I'll wait until you go down first and then I'll come downstairs. After. <laughs> Just send her first. Good job. <laughs> but then, and then to the other little fun fact of Halloween for this house that I've found in the little amount of research I've done when we were at the library, they have the card catalog, the deaths. So I was looking up one of the curial names that's on our abstract. So I found the man, but then right next to his said this Cleo and it was a six-month-old baby and you looked at the date of the death and it was Halloween so that was kind of like, in 1890 yeah early. real real early <laughs> just like oh well, that's kind of creepy for this house in this town poor little thing <laughs> but but it's yeah. the reputation the first couple of weeks we owned this place Kristen was at her parents with our middle child was just a baby, just had just been born. Mm -hmm. And so the dog and I would come and spend the night here and work on the house. And it was a little hard to get used to sleeping here with just the dog for the first couple of, couple of nights. Sure. I don't know if it's the expectation that something might be, yeah. you know, such an old place. It's got to have some life in it from something else. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I do think if there is something some type of energy here that they're on board. They're, yeah, they support what, what we're I've, doing. I've always said they're happy. With, they don't creep us out because yeah. they're happy with us for seeing it back up. <laughs> Maybe they'll let us know if we do something right. wrong. They don't approve. Maybe the bathroom remodel won't be their favorite <laughs> or something. <laughs> Interrupting their bath time. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I, to other homeowners in Anoka, you know, what recommendations would you have about renovating homes and you know maintaining the city and and keeping that kind of historic vibe? Ah, it's hard but rewarding work. I think mm -hmm. um, you know we've noticed since we've lived here seven years now mm -hmm. that there's a lot of people around here that take a lot of pride in their old homes yeah and um you know there's a lot of old homes that need a lot a lot of tlc around here too but i think that realistically anybody can slap some paint on a wall and do a little bit that will go a long way 
you know, you don't have to be a carpenter. And you, you know, if you have patience, that's yeah, that's the thing. The thing the you need the most, most with old houses is patience. <laughs> and I guess a little bit of craziness and determination. But yeah. I, I, I think Anoka is a really cool town. We've been very happy with it so far. And, you know, this is just another example of how people really care about the history of this town. Yeah, and I think that, you know, keeps us going too and neighbors and just, you know, a lot of people bike by our house because it's so close to the trail and whatever. And they'll just be like, you're doing great. <laughs> just it's mo more motivation that people do care and they appreciate that we are putting the time and effort. You know, sometimes you feel bad because it does take a tremendous amount of time. You know, we went to the city to find if there was any type of... Uh, grant or program for helping us and and there was and that's you know something that from working with the city and they had a new program that we were kind of the, the guinea pigs on their see their heads seem to be in the right place and their hearts are heading in the right direction mm -hmm. and they want the city to be a, celebrating its history and its heritage and they're trying to develop programs to allow people to do that with these old homes. After all that we've been through, it takes a lot of time to find the right people. Like we can do a lot of the work ourselves, <laughs> but to find people that care about the house in general when they're doing the job. I mean, everybody says that, you know, yeah, I'm gonna do a great job, but it's, you know, this house is almost 150 years old. I don't want, you know, I don't want you to do some shoddy, like, this is the deal. Like, I'm spending all this money on this. Like, you need to care about it as much as I do. So I think that's, if I had a wish for the city of, like, what we're talking about with that, that they could compile some people that would be willing and available that have that love and desire to work on old homes, to preserve our community in a way that's going to, help these houses last you know you can remodel things but if people don't do their due diligence to do it the right way it's still going to fall into disrepair over and over and over again so like how do you maintain that level of quality and that's the thing an old house that level of quality that they did way back when that does not exist today unless you have buku bucks and you're going to hire the best of the best of the best to spend all your money <laughs> you know that's well and even the materials you know yes. the actual raw material quality yep. you know you have to search that out as well as the craftsman mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely a modern day two by four is a toothpick compared to a 150 yeah. year old two by four that's yeah. what's been fun to see when we've had contractors over and they like go up to the third floor that's gutted and it still has all the you know framing and all the real boards and they're like oh, nah, nah. you know they just freak out over a two by four it's like okay <laughs> it's, but <laughs> it's nearly well, and a lot of them you can see the saw marks oh yeah, on the yeah. Wood, right they're all, all the old heart boards and mm -hmm. it's, it's awesome they're, they're solid. And you're documenting this as you go, correct? Right. Yep. Yes. Getting okay, better. good. You, you make my historian heart happy by saying <laughs> Now, this has been amazing. Thank you guys for taking the time to sit down and talk about this. And I would love to do an update in a few months, see what's going on. Yeah, that'd okay. be awesome.
best of luck for the near future. And uh, just, I'm so excited to watch your journey and wish you all the best in making this happen. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. Read all about it in the Noka County Library Minute. We're sorry to say that the Library Minute is on pause for this week. You can still go to the Anoka County Library website and search out books on old houses. We just don't have the cheat sheet for you this time. Thank you so much for your book recommendations, Haley. If you missed any of them, they are attached to the show notes for that week's episode. We should be all back for it next time's episode. Fingers crossed. Get those library cards and reserve your copy today. Direct links to these books and more can be found in the episode show notes at anocacountyhistory.org. Listening to Dylan and Kristen just makes me feel tired. Like, not post-Riverfest tired, just systemically living in a mess tired. I've never lived in a renovating home either, but I admire that so much. I... I do good things with fabric-y solving, but wood and tile and that is not my skill set. So I admire them so much. We've got a lot of resources at the History Center for people interested in doing house research. It's a question that comes up a lot. People call us and they want to know who lived in their house. What, like, what was on this space before my house was built? Those sorts of things. Uh, a little bit tricky depending on where your house is, uh, but our first recommendation is tackle who lived there because houses don't leave records. People leave records. Some people still may have the abstract of their home, correct? Those are a gold mine for when you're trying to do research on your own house. It has everybody that owned that portion of land going back to before your house was even built there. And it's really fun to look through them. My eyes go a little crossed looking at them because there's some legalness that is hard to decipher, but you skim it looking looking for the names and then you can start from there. So any of those, we'd love to have copies. That would be awesome to have copies of those in the collection, especially tied with what address that abstract is covering. But it's an adventure and different every time. We'd love to hear about your adventure. So bring it on in and uh, we'll see what we can do to help out. See you next time. Bye, guys. If you have a question, want to visit our show notes page for each episode, or would like to share your own story, go to anocacountyhistory.org. Help History 21, the podcast, reach more ears by subscribing and reviewing on your podcast provider. We're all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all those who scroll by. And for our Vault members, you can find special access to podcast extras as well as the latest digital resources at History 21 The Vault, located on our website. Remember, the present is the past of the future. <laughs>